some of our team come up and share some things. Let me just give you a little bit of idea. Haiti is an amazing place in the sense that no matter where you go in Haiti, you see the devastation of the earthquake that happened in 2010, but you also see the uh, 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 amazing poverty that is there in, in that nation. It's one of the poorest nations on the face of the earth and uh, out of all, the, all of our nations. But one thing you never see there is despair. You will never see a lack of hope or despair in the people. They are the most joyous, the most positive, the most outgoing people. The children are the happiest. You go into a village, they're bouncing all around. They're happy. They're enjoying life. It doesn't matter whether they have or have not. They are a happy people, and they have a hope for their country, and they want to be a part of building the future of their country. The coolest thing about the people of Haiti is that every time you talk to someone, they want to go to school. The three school children that we have all want to go to school. They want to get an education and they want to have a career that helps the people and helps their nation. Wouldn't it be amazing if people in America wanted to go to school to help others and to help our nation? And so the, the loyalty and the heart of the people of Haiti for their, for their country is amazing and their love and care for one another. Uh, Mission of Hope does an amazing thing uh, and it's amazing to see the impact the church has had. One thing different from America is that in Haiti the church is literally changing the nation and the church, there's a, there's a real revival and an upswell and so Mission of Hope is in the area, the community of Titayan, I don't know if I always say it right all the time, but the word in, in Creole means it is nothing. And so people, when they say they're from Titayan, people say, well, you are nothing. You come from nothing. You will never be anything, and you will never amount to anything. You will always be nothing. And so God saw fit to plant Mission of Hope in the community of it is nothing. And in the middle of it is nothing, they are currently feeding 90,000 children a day. They have 16 schools. They have 6,700 children in their 16. In coming out of it is nothing. God has showed up. And He's doing amazing things. They have an orphanage there with 60 orphans on site there. It, it is amazing what is happening there. <clears throat> and with that, what happens is, is uh, the way they say it, it is that the local church is partnering church advancement is, is the church in America coming alongside the church in Haiti and we went to the village with a strategic village time with the village people and in there you ask them some of the demographics about their family their history their health and their situation in that and then you ask them do you do you have a, a relationship with the Lord do you go to church and you talk to them about their spiritual well-being and that and it's amazing the vast majority of them are already plugged into a local church there in their community and so in there they're seeing amazing transition and change but the church because aid is coming from the outside but it's churches coming together how many have ever had a leaky faucet <laughs> or a leak under your sink and, and and you put you saw the drip and you put a pail under there and it was just a little drip it's just it's just a drip you know it's just an annoying leak and so it's a drip so you put the pail under there and then you come back an hour later and that little drip of just one drop at a time has accumulated into a volume of water and so when you go to Haiti, you feel like a drop in the bucket. But if we get one drop and then another drop and another drop and another drop and another drop, pretty soon all of our drops together produce an impact and a change. Amen? 
And so when you get there, you can feel overwhelmed. The first time I went there, I felt overwhelmed by what I saw. But being there this time and being able to work and being able to be a part, we didn't get to do much, but, but we were another drop. And we got to bring that. And, and people, this is what the people say, thank you for loving our country. Thank you for helping us make our country better. Solomon, one of our young men, he had just hugged me and we're there and go, oh, Solomon, thanks for helping us. And he says, no, thank you for helping me make my country better. Because they love their country and they love the fact that people will come and help them do that. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask our team members that are here to come up and uh, and give them opportunity to share what the Lord did in their lives. And then I'm going to preach for two hours after they're done because I haven't got to preach for three weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm a little filled up and you're in trouble. No, actually. Come on, Nina. Come on, girl. Huh? I will do Father's Day after this, sweetheart. Amen. We'll start over here with Nina. Why? I'm nervous. You're an experienced missionary now. You can do anything. First of all, I would like to tell everybody that donated, thank you. Um... It really meant a lot to me, actually. Um, the first night, I was sad to say that I didn't make it with, with these guys the first night. <laughs> I'm now known as the girl as the girl who forgot her passport. <laughs> but it was, very, it was a very trying day and morning, but I was actually finally able to make it out there and meet up with the rest of the team. But like Pastor said, it was very overwhelming for the first time being there. Um, but it's also a beautiful country. And for me, I've never really traveled, so Haiti being the first place to actually go to was amazing. But what was more heartwarming was going into the villages and seeing the children there coming up to us and holding our hands automatically and wanting us to pick them up and hold hold them in our arms. And then every time we went into a house, you know, all the children followed. And it was just neighbors, you know, inviting everybody. It didn't matter who it was. Everybody was invited to their home. And for me, it was like family, you know. They have each other to help provide, take care of whatever they need. But for us to be there, it was also another experience, a beautiful experience. My favorite part was probably when we went to Madame Cheek Cheep's house. <laughs> um, only, the only reason why I say that is because we, we've been trying to get the Haitians every time we went to a house to ask for them to sing to us. And we got Madame, de Cheep, we got Madame Cheep Cheep to sing, as well as one young lady who's got a beautiful voice. Um, and when they were done, we sang our songs <laughs> to them. So it was actually quite wonderful um, having the little kids braid our hairs and playing soccer. And they braided three of my hairs. <laughs> <laughs> they did such a good job, I had to mow it when I got back. <laughs> but I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it was beautiful. It was a wonderful experience. Um, I, in, in the process of this wonderful experience, my family was giving me a hard time wondering why I was there. And they don't realize that God does miracles, and to be a part of that was another amazing thing as well. Awesome. And to have a child 
or any family member from Haiti come to you and just say thank you it was even more worth it than than being home as sad as that sounds <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to leave <laughs> but you know thank you guys for everything for for the donations that you've made because it was a wonderful experience and I don't know if I could have done it without you guys amen <laughs> uh, let- let me just interject. Madam Cheap Cheap is not a derogatory term for her. No. She has tables where they sell their, their uh, souvenirs and stuff, and she comes up. I'm Madam Cheap Cheap. You come to me, I sell cheaper than anybody else. <laughs> and she's hilarious. You come to my table, I have one where you stay, I give you cheap deal. You're very good. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I would... Oh, man, sorry. I would like to also thank um, the people that funded me to go to Haiti because... It was incredible, and it did a lot in my heart, but I also got to um, achieve a life goal that I had for myself, which was being able to go on a medical mission. I work in the medical field, and I didn't even know that Mission of Hope, where we were staying, did anything including medical missions. And when I got there, there was a team like sorting out medications, and I was like, oh, wait, I know that. Like, <laughs> that's my job. I get no, this. And so then... Um, they found out that I was a pediatric medical assistant and they asked if I would like to go with them into the village. They said, we could really use you. We're seeing out of 115 patients a day, 70 of them are kids. And so they were like, we could really use your help. So um, I was able to separate from our team for a day and go with them. And that was incredible because it was everything I thought it would be. But then God showed me so much through that. You go up this mountain and it's like, rocks you're like rock climbing in a bus up this mountain and then you get there and the clinic is just like tarps and then a tin roof and they have um when the earthquake happened and the homes were destroyed samaritan's purse came in and built these they're called blue tarp homes and there was i have a, a good picture of one of them but there was blue tarp homes next to the clinic and um, you see them, and it's literally just like chicken wire and blue tarps stapled to sticks and then a tin roof over it. And um, Mission of Hope has this incredible program called Blues to Blocks, where they take these families who have been living for the last six years in these blue tarp homes, and they put them into actual mm-hmm. cement homes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, The thing about these homes is that they're not supposed to live in them for more than six months. Because of the sun and the heat, it releases toxins from the tarps. And they breathe those in, and living in them for more than six months is very harmful to their lungs, to their vision, um, everything. It can be very harmful to them. And um, God totally spoke this in my heart this morning after we shared in first service, is that um, some of us, we're still in these blue tarp homes. And we're in this place of restoration, but God wants you to get from the blue tarp homes to the block homes. And the only way you can do that is by saying yes to his call on you. And I just wanted to share that because if I would have never said yes to his call in my life to going to Haiti, I wouldn't have reached my lifelong goal of being in medical missions. And also just the change that he made in my heart and that that openness and um Pastor's going to speak a little bit more about being a village champion, but, but to bring that back here and to, to be, they're so open in the community. They're really closed off. They're like grumpy 
and their body language is like closed off, but you greet them and you acknowledge their presence. And it's like a flower blooms right before you and they open up mm-hmm. and they accept you and they, they love you there. And um, I think for me, bringing that as a village champion back home is that just acknowledging everyone I meet and seeing them and seeing them for how God sees them and having them open up. But I want to encourage you, like Pastor's been saying to us, is you can't get from the blues to the blocks without saying yes to God. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay, so... um, I don't even know how to follow up after that. <laughs> um, we did a lot over there, and it was definitely life-changing um, to be able to experience the culture and the children and everything, and uh, being able to go to the orphanages and seeing how many children didn't have a family, but they were so open to just run up to you and grab your hands, and they wanted you to hold them. And um, One of my favorite parts was when after we finished strategic village time, we went to this area where there was a playground and everybody was playing soccer with the kids. And when we first showed up, there was no children there at all. And we were like, what's going on? Like, where are all the kids? There's supposed to be a ton of kids out here. And there was none. And all of a sudden, when we come out of our bus, there's just swarms of kids just coming in and they're playing soccer and frisbee and jump rope. And um, Becca and I ended up sitting down with this, we were sitting at the edge just kind of watching and there's this one kid that came over and we started playing hand games with them. And they were kind of showing us what they do for games and they almost do like this game with jacks where they throw a rock in the air and then they pick one up and then they catch the one that they threw in the air and they just do it over and over until they can get all the rocks in their hand at once. And we sat down with this one kid and we started playing um, Inky Binky Bonky with our hands. and so. They didn't understand it, and all of a sudden when we're playing with this one kid and we're getting all excited because that kid's winning the game, and then all of a sudden all these other kids come around and they start swarming us, and they're like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? And so <laughs> they sit down and they're watching, and then all of a sudden we go from this one kid to two kids, and then all of a sudden we have this huge circle to where we're like, all right, everybody space out. We can't control this. This is a huge circle. We're like reaching across trying to play, and I just thought it was really cool to be able to show them something that they can do um, to keep them entertained. And it just was awesome to see that they almost accepted us just by showing them something simple. And it was amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that we can get videos together and show you guys what we saw um, and the changes that we saw, not only in our team, but the culture in itself too. Um, so it was really exciting and learning the way that they were living. And Becca kind of, went over everything for how they were living and being able to see um, how much God means to them. And even though they have so little, their faith is huge. And it's exciting to see something like that because we go through things every single day here thinking that our life is hard and we're struggling. And you go over there and you see what they have and they have nothing. And their faith is still so strong. So... It's very encouraging. Thank you, guys. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, Leah, she, she wasn't sure she was going to go, and so she, she signed up, and she had a conversation with the lady she worked with and told her I'm going on a thing, and so she didn't know what was going to happen, where she was going to get it. The next day, the lady wrote her a check for $2,000. 
paid her whole way. The, the day she signed up, the next day her whole way was paid. And God moved upon this lady because she had always wanted to go on a mission trip. And never had. And she went through Leah. And uh, then she came up, if you need more, I'll give you more. So until you say yes, you will never know what God will do for you. Amen. Well, I too want to, I want to thank my parents and my beautiful wife for supporting me and encouraging me to go to Haiti. Um, if you've never been on a short-term missions trip, um, you need to go because it's just going to change the way you look at life, the way you look at God, the way you look at yourself, and the way you look at the world because you're going to see things you'll never see in America. You're going to hear things and you're going to do things that you just don't have the opportunity to do here. And God's going to work in a way that you can't imagine in your life and He's gonna impact, he would impact your heart like a way that you just can't comprehend. Because when you see that kind of devastation, you see that kind of culture, it really touches you. And you see, like Becca was saying, they live in these tarp homes. And, you know, if you saw that in America, you think those people would hate their lives. But over there, they're actually really happy people. Haiti is such a beautiful country full of beautiful people. And the world is like that, full of beautiful people. Who are, who are looking for God one way or another. They're, everyone out there in the whole world, from end to end, they're looking for perfect love. They're looking for an encounter with God. And they're going to look for it in other things like voodoo, like we saw in Haiti. Or, you know, I was in Cambodia for a while, a couple of years ago. They're looking for it in Buddhism there. And in Haiti, it's, they're looking for, you know, they're looking for love in a way that, sometimes isn't God, but when they find out that it is God that they're looking for, and you get to the one, you get to be the one to bring God to them, you'll never find as much joy and satisfaction in, in your life when you, when you get to be the messenger for someone hearing the gospel for the first time. So I encourage you, if you've never been on a short-term missions trip, you ain't too old. I mean, pastor did it. So, um, <laughs> and you're not too young to do it, but God really wants to touch your life, and he wants to bring you to the nations. I'm going to get roasted for that one. I know it. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. The church we were there at Mission of Hope is uh, shaped in a cross. So if you imagine a, a wing out this way and a wing out that way and then a wing this way, and the cool thing is when you come in through the main sanctuary, you're walking into church through the foot of the cross the awesome thing and then it's all open so Tuesday night when we went there for church the only way to have air conditioning is find what direction the wind is blowing and go sit on that side of the church and so we stood there thunderstorms and stuff but you think about those blue tarps how many have ever been in a and just a dry sauna you've been in a dry sauna and then the rocks are in there and then you pour water on the rocks and the steam comes up that, when you pour the steam on the water on the rock and the steam, that's what it's like inside those blue tarp homes. You walk in there and immediately it's instant steam and just heat and you stand there. This one lady invited into her home and we just, just standing there, you just immediately begin to perspire profusely and, that, and that's where they live. And uh, so it is amazing. And then to be a part of that from the blue to, from, from the, the, the blue to the block homes, uh, they have one community where they've already built 615 homes. 
and then they have another community where they're building another home and then there's an, another larger church in America that's building another 90 homes so they're pushing close to 800 homes and working with that but Haiti is an island just a little dinky island with 12 million people on it and so it is it is overwhelming our goal is next Sunday to have a little video clip for you and to share with you but again thank you so much for partnering and being able and those who have contributed and made the trip possible and all of us had people that donated to help us to go and we thank you so so very much how many fathers were not here last week raise your hand real high stand up real real tall you're a dad Walk right up here. Pastor Sue, come help me. We have a gift for you. In just a moment, I'm going to preach to you on grace and walking in grace, living in grace. Line up right across here. We're going to give you, huh? Come on. Wow. Where were you? What you guys do? You guys all backslid once on Now go away. Everybody leave. Nobody here. Were all you guys at the fair? All right. Just checking. Just checking. All right. Hang out right here. Here you go, Cecil. Right here. We're going. We're rocking. We're rolling. Here you go, Michael. Stay right there. Stay up here. I want to pray over you guys. Stay lined up up here. We want to pray over you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, help it. We're going fast. We're going fast. Stay right up here. We're going to pray. You got one. Go, 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 go. Yeah, there you go. Over here. God bless you, Ron. Papa Ray. Yeah. Okay, if you got one, spread out. Let these other guys through. Here we go. Thank you, John. Thank you, Adrian. Hallelujah. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, Larry. Hallelujah. Who else we got? Papa Wayne. Hallelujah. Who we got? Glory to God. Gotcha. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You got all you guys? We missed anybody? We got everybody? Hallelujah. Stretch your hands out here towards our dads. Father, we thank you today for fathers. We thank you today for fathers. God, we thank you for men, men of God, men of character, men of quality. But Father, we know we can't do it on your own. We can't be fathers unless you would grace us with your wisdom, your knowledge, Father, your strength, your compassion, your understanding. Father, we need your grace in our lives. We need what only you can give so that we can be the men and the fathers that you need us to be to our family, to our children, the husbands, to our wives. Father, I pray over your men this morning. I pray your blessing over their lives. Father, pour your spirit out over their lives. Help us. Father, it's never too late for us to grow. It's never too late for us to change. It's never too late for us to walk in restoration. It's never too late for us to seek reconciliation. It's never too late, God, for your grace to work through our lives and make us the fathers you need us to be. Help us to be better than we've ever been before. Bless your men. Bless these, Father, and use them mightily, Father, in Jesus name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Give our dads a great hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. While they're hugging and loving on each other, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read really fast. This is going to sound like the disclaimer at the end of a commercial. No. Romans chapter 5. 
I think they made a CD of first service. If you're going to get the Reader's Digest version, this service. So if you like the whole message, I encourage you to get the CD from first service in that. Um, we've been on the study on grace. And if you heard the word of the Lord this morning during our worship, the Father just calling us to come into relationship with Him and then telling us that there's nothing in our life, in our past, that the blood cannot cover. And uh, so you need to hear that this morning. But Romans chapter 5, I want to read this with you, and then we're going to walk through this quickly this morning. Look at it with me, if you would. Romans chapter 5, and beginning in verse 1. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. Anytime you see therefore in the Bible, back up and find out what it's there for. So you have to read what was said before that to understand what's going to follow Therefore, so Paul has just explained everything in Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, talking to us. It brings us to this point to make this declaration. He just finished Romans chapter 4, talking about having the faith of Abraham and, and, and us being joint heirs and connected in that area and walking by faith. So, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how does our peace come? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Through whom we also have access. Everybody say access. Through whom, through Christ, we also have access into this grace. So you are saved by grace, and the grace that you are saved by is the grace that was working in Christ. The grace of God on Christ and in Christ led him to the cross. And by grace, he gave his life on the cross, empowered by grace, driven by grace, led by grace to the cross, so that you, by the grace working in his life, might be the beneficiary of salvation. Grace in him produced salvation for you. And so you are saved in that grace, in the grace that worked on him, so that grace working on your benefit, but then we are invited to give an access into grace that we're going to see this morning in a few moments. So why? Through him we have, we, whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. How many excited you're in a trial right now? <laughs> Woo! I'm in a hard place. Glory to God! See, if you understood grace, you would understand. You have to understand what Paul... See, he's saying something, and it's qualified by what he just said. That there's an access to grace to enter into, and when you enter into grace, you can glory in tribulation. Knowing this, that tribulation produces perseverance or endurance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die but God demonstrates his love to us towards us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us which is exactly what the word the Lord said this morning is that look at the apostle Paul did you hear that message this morning do you know Paul he was a murderer he did vile things but yet my blood was enough for him so while he was a sinner grace was bestowed upon him hallelujah so then watch this look at verse 9 much more everybody shout much more 
Come on, you're going to hear that's Paul's theme through the rest of this chapter here. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. Exactly what the word of the Lord said this morning. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies were reconciled to God through the death of his son, what? Much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. You're reconciled in relationship with God. Verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men. Everybody say, all men. Because all sin, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to likeness of the transgression of Adam. What does that mean? That means people who have sinned, there's acts and there's conduct they have done, violations against other people, but they didn't have a direct command from God. God said to Adam, don't eat of that tree, and God, Adam violated that command. But others have transgressed in things that weren't a direct command. They just knew it was wrong. They violated their conscience and they moved out against truth. Are you with me? But it says he is a type of him who was to come. But when the free gift, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, there it is again, much more, the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And if the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Look at that. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, what are the next two words? Much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Everybody say all men. So that means everybody. That judgment came upon them. Now watch this. Resulting in condemnation even so through one man's righteousness, the free gift came to what? All men. Hallelujah. Wow, resulting in the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, what? Grace abounded much more. So that sin reigned, so a sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through the righteous to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, in these next few short minutes, open our hearts to receive by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Look at the cover of your outline, verse 1 again. Listen to it in the Amplified Bible. Therefore, since we are justified, hear it, acquitted, declared righteous, and given right standing with God through faith. Let us grasp the fact. In these next few moments, that's my prayer, that you grasp this fact. That you could grasp with clarity, with understanding, and with unshakable faith <coughs> what God has done for you through the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Grasp the fact that we the, have the peace 
of reconciliation to hold on to and enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. So think about it. The fact is that faith must have an object upon which to anchor its trust and to secure its hope. Everybody look up here. Every one of you lives by faith every day. When people say, oh, I just don't have enough faith, you are lying to yourself. How many of you have the ability to test the food you eat before you eat it to see if it is contaminated with any kind of disease or, 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 or property? Anybody have that, that kind of uh, uh, equipment at your home? You know, before you bring out the chicken, do you test it for Ebola? Before you cook your meat, do you test it? Before you eat your bananas, do you, do you, you know, look at it? Do you test your food? No, you eat it all by faith. You eat because it's wrapped in something and the people sold it to you and they said this is safe for your consumption and by faith you consume it. You do everything in your life by faith. The only difference is when you come to Christ is that you take your faith out of confidence in the world and you up anchor your life out of confidence that anything man has or anything man says or anything man declares. You take your anchor out of this world and you put it on the rock that can never fail in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, the Word of God and the work of grace in Christ are the anchor points for our faith, neither of which can ever fail. So, Paul can declare with the boldest of confidence, we are justified by faith. Hallelujah. In order for God to be a righteous and a just judge of sin and humanity, there must be equity in His dealings with all men. How many remember we read that? That sin was communicated to all men, and therefore righteousness was equally communicated to all men. What does that mean? There must be equity in His dealing without partiality to impose sin of the one man Adam upon all men, and then only impute the righteousness of the one man Christ Jesus to a select elect few would not be equitable, righteous, or just. And so that's why Paul declares it is not to a select few, it is to all men, but all men have to enter in by faith. Everybody gets to enter in by faith. Therefore, look at verses 1 and 2 again. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith. So here's this access, but you enter in. There's access available to all men that by faith I, have, I can step into this amazing grace. Are you with me this morning? So secondly, all of us look for peace and a purpose in our life. Every one of us wants to have a life that is dignified and is qualified by purpose. As we've been looking at this amazing truth and work of grace, it is important to realize and to understand that so many fall short of taking full advantage of their access into this grace. There's this amazing access, but so many people still live anchored over here, trusting over here, when here's this great access that's been given to you. How many ever been to a theme park or to some place where, where, where there were years ago we used to work with the PGA Tour and the senior golf uh, uh, tour tournament and, and, and you could get a pass to go into the tournament and there was a behind the rope pass and then there was an all access pass. 
If you had an all-access pass, you could go anywhere in the tournament. You could go into the media booth and eat the cold food and the cold cut and get the, the, the beverages in there and enjoy the cold drinks that were in there. You could go in where the dinners were. You could go anywhere. But if you didn't have an all-access pass, you were limited. You had limited access. So if you saw somebody there who was standing behind the road who just had an old warm glass of water but, and they had an all-access pass on there and they said, well, I'm just over here with everybody else. But dude, you have an all-access Oh, I don't think I could go over in those other areas. Dude, you have an access pass. All-access has been granted to you. All access had been. When I had the all access pass, you know what I did? I accessed everything. I had all access. They gave me the pass. And when I walked up, they just looked at my pass. Nobody questioned me. All I had to do was show all access. And when I walked up the table, I didn't have to ask if I could have some. I just loaded my plate. I just reached in the cooler. I just ate of the dainty delicacies. Why? Because I had access. Woo! Amen. I had all access. Are you with me this morning? So watch this. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Stay with me. Let us therefore come how? It's down your Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may what? obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So what I said before, there are so many people who are taking full advantage of the grace that they've been given access into. So we're going through our troubles. We're going through our trials. We're facing trial. We're in tribulation. And then we're over here squandering around in our own strength, in our own ability, using up our own resources, feeling no, 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 no way out, no answer. We're depressed. We're discouraged. We're, we're, we're tired. We can't sleep at night we're burdened with anxiety and yet you have access into his grave to to what to come boldly to the throne so your answer is at the throne waiting for you but you have to use your access to come to the throne and when you get to the throne, you find the grace that will help you in your time of need. So when you're in a need, you go, wait a minute. Paul said, we are justified now by faith. And we've been given this amazing access into his grace. Every provision, every benefit of God is now available unto you in this amazing grace. We sing about it. We rejoice about it. We declare, I am saved by grace. Yeah, you are saved by the the work of grace in God and when you believe that by faith there is a door that is swung wide open to you and you get to access full access to the benefit of God hallelujah Woo! I said in first service if you're not happier we'll pray for your happier after service if it's broke we'll have a happier healing service amen listen to the Amplified Bible hear it let us fearlessly confidently and boldly what draw near to the throne of grace hear it the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners what's that mean you didn't qualify for it he gave it to you when you were unqualified you didn't earn it it's a gift salvation is a free gift it is yours are you with me now look at, so let us draw near. Look what it says, that we 
may receive. So I have to draw near. So if I draw near, I can receive. But if I'm over here, living in my old thoughts, living in my old life, living the way I used to, thinking the way I used to, never renewing my mind, never reading my Bible, never spending any time in prayer, never building my relationship with God, never saying yes to God, to be used by Him, to be challenged by Him, to be His hands and His feet, just living my life and consumed with my life and overwhelmed with my life, then I will never draw near. And I will never receive. And I wonder why my boat is slipping because it's still anchored in the sand. Hear me. But let us find grace to help. Hear, hear that. Listen to the way it comes. In good time for every need. Hear it. Appropriate help. Well-timed help. Coming just when we need it. Amen. Excuse me. Do you get that? Well, Pastor, I'm just so glad you're excited. <laughs> but if you knew my life, you wouldn't be so excited. <laughs> Please look at your past. All access. If we're excited and you're not, you just need to look at your past. All right, moving right along. So here again, access to declared and provision is proclaimed in this grace, but it will not simply just come upon us. We must activate it through, activate it and use our access. It requires us to enter into His grace by and through our faith in Christ. Amen. Look at it. Because of the cross, my life has purpose. And it gives me this great access. Before we came to Christ, we had our faith anchored in all the false hopes of this world. And our own self-perceived abilities to make our way of escape and provide for our need. You mean people, oh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to work this out. Dude, just get saved from yourself. The biggest challenge is to get people to get saved from themselves. It's not the things that are plaguing you. It's you. You, you are your problem. Look in the mirror. Say, Lord, deliver me from that. Amen. Amen. Why? We pursued them with our lives. We gave ourselves for them. We staked all that we have. We are upon them. We placed all of our faith in them with the confident hope that they, not God, could provide the security we desire in life. Think about it. How many remember when we hear about the Great Depression and the stock market? The stock market crashed and people jumped out of buildings and commit suicide because their economic welfare and their economic anchor had just crashed around them. Despair and anxiety overwhelmed them when they had an offer from God because yes, sin was conferred upon all men, but the blood of Christ was shed for the sin of the world and it covers all men and if any man by faith will accept it and step into the grace of God, he has all access. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. The only problem is is that we fall in love with the world and all that it has to offer because it's wrapped so skillfully and beautifully in the lives of deception. 
The devil knows how to wrap a lie to entice you. Listen to what he said to Adam in the garden. Isn't it look good? Won't it taste good? It'll make you so much better. You know what that is? That's a marketing slogan of everything you've ever bought. You will look so good in this shirt. You will be so fine when you drive down the road in that car looking at yourself in the big picture pane windows. You will look so fine. People at the stoplight will look at you and go, eh. You'll be somebody as long as you're in your car. You get out of your car, they'll look at you like, ooh. Because we're sold the lie. We're sold the lie. And it's packaged so beautifully. The only problem is everything this world has to offer will violate your trust, crush your faith, leaving you shipwrecked and abandoned on the shores of life. Bill, will you come back? The worship team come back. Riches and possessions will fail. Knowledge and skills will fail. Strength and health will fail. And even people will fail. Because there's only one who will never fail. And all we need is Him. You know, it's funny in Haiti, there is no air conditioning. There is no, there, there is no sewer system. There is no running water. If you have running water in Haiti, it's because you have a gravity flow tank. And if you have a sewer system, it's because you can afford to have a septic system on your property. There's no trash removal. There's no sanitation department. Haiti has a slogan when you use the bathroom. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. What does that mean? That when you go into the restroom, you don't get to flush the toilet every time you use it. You don't get to put your paper in the toilet when you use the toilet. And you don't flush paper down the toilet. You put it in a bucket next to there. And so we go, oh, man, I couldn't live in those conditions. There's no air conditioning. Everything is open air. But you will never see a people discouraged by their conditions. Only in America do we complain about our conditions. And only in America, because we're so anchored in this world, do we judge whether God's worthy of our access. If all the conditions meet my standard. So we come to church. Church has to have this. Church has to have that. How you been? I'll write back to my message. <laughs> Hear me this morning. Last point. The devil's goal is to crush all your hopes on the rocks of despair. Want to know what the devil's after? He wants to crush your hope. He, he wants to sell you the lie that you can anchor here and be content and reach your goal. But he knows that the lie will not hold. And if you anchor there, you will crash. And you will shipwreck your life on the rocks of despair. He knows what this world has to offer is a lie. And will fail. Bill, if you'll start playing, please. And that it can never replace the work of grace 
in our lives. He knows that. He literally knows that. Monday morning, when we were at one of the villages, we planted trees for 12 different families. In Haiti, the saying is, trees are life. So we gave a family a fruit tree. And we planted them for them. And then we talked to them about God's love for them. Came to this one. We split up in two teams. Six of us went this way. Six went the other way. With six with the trees. Half the trees. Third house our team was at. There was a young man there. As we began to talk to him after planting the tree. He just goes. Yeah I know all that. But I, I choose to, uh, to follow voodoo. And he goes, you know, one of these days, I, I, I'm going to convert and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to choose Christ. But I, I'm not ready right now. So talking and, and uh, Ashmed, our, our interpreter, and I listened. And he told me what he said. I said, oh, that's cool. I said, ask him this. I said, ask him if he has children. Ashmed said, do you have any children? He goes, yeah, I have children. I said, cool. I said, ask him this. I said, if an evil man came and kidnapped his children took them hostage and held them and he knew that that evil man had his children that at any moment he could kill his children at any instant at any moment he could take their life that as a thief at any moment he could steal kill and destroy their life he could kill them I said uh uh just ask him would he want to rescue them today or maybe a little later said, no, I would want them today. I would go today to get my children. I said, then you tell him this. I said, his heavenly father is here today to rescue him from the devil and from voodoo. And you ask him if he wants to pray now to accept Christ. Right there, that man renounced voodoo and accepted the Lord as his Savior. Amen. The shocker was... Tuesday afternoon when we went to a different village we went to pastor where pastor Jonas's church is as we get there we greet him as the pastor and he's reaching that village been there three years has about 150 people out of the village that come to his church and even people up on the hill that come down there and that so out of respect and courtesy we talk to him first and then he walks us through the village the very first house he takes us to is the village voodoo chief's house and he goes come here I want you to meet the voodoo chief I said, really? That's awesome. Let's go. And so people do voodoo chief. You know, you wonder where he's coming out with the pitch, you know, with all the stuff. But just some guy, just this old guy. And he's just there, and he, he stands outside, doesn't have a T-shirt. He actually goes in, puts a shirt on, and greets us and stuff, stands in the door of his house. And we begin to talk. Well, Ashmed, our interpreter, as a child, was raised up, and voodoo got saved and delivered out of that. And so he understands that culture and the people. And he begins to talk to the man. And we were talking to him, asking about the Lord. He goes, no, I understand. He goes, God is all powerful. God is all powerful. Jesus is all powerful. Voodoo, the devil, has no power. He says, and he says, no, I don't understand that. And, and, and as the voodoo, the reason the pastor took it there is because this guy comes to his church. He comes to church, sits in church, listens to the word, knows the word and, and everything. And so he's sitting there. But then after church, he goes home and he practices voodoo for the people. Yeah, for 
And so the people sit in church and hear the message of grace, but they come back over and keep their life anchored in the lie. And the guy who is selling the lie says he knows that it has no power and is literally a lie. And this is just, I'm getting uh, a fatherly, pastorly, righteous indignation for the people that's stirring up on the inside of me. And it's just it. And I'm ready just to go 5150 on this dude. <laughs> I'm ready to go postal, man. It, 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 that, that furiates me. And the reason he does it is because they pay him to do readings, to, to, to pray for the sick, to, to, to give them, uh, do incantations for them and stuff. And so he goes, he goes, I can't quit because the people pay me to do voodoo. This is my job. And I go, but your job is a lie. You are making money with a lie off of these people. So I said, that's it. I said, ask him this. I said, if he went down to a vendor and the vendor had a shirt wrapped in a package on the top of the shirt that said, new shirt. And he asked the vendor, that's a new shirt? He goes, yes. And, and the price on the shirt was for the price of a new shirt. I said, and asked him if he bought the shirt and then he brought it home and he opened up and he found it wasn't a new shirt, it was an old shirt wrapped in a lie. But sold as a new shirt and he paid for a new shirt. I said, would he be okay with that or would he be angry? He goes, no, I would be angry. And I said, sir, that's what you are doing to your people. You are wrapping the lie and telling them it is the truth. And you are selling a lie to them as the truth. And I'm going to pray for you that God will convict you. And you know you're telling them a lie. I'm going to pray for you that God will convict your heart and change your heart and give you a love for your people to where you will no longer make a living off of them selling them a lie. And that's why I put it in the outline this morning. The devil knows that what he's offering you is a lie, but he's learned how to package it. He's told you it's new. He told you the anchor will hold. But yet when you hear the gospel and, and people in America, oh, that is so sad. But we do it all the time. Some of you do it. You hear the message. The truth is being proclaimed. And today you will walk out of this building and you will go back over and lay hold of your anchor that is in the sand and then you'll wonder why your life keeps drifting and going back the other way because God has given you an access path and you have to pull up the anchor out of the old and anchor your life in Christ but for fear of letting go we hold on and then we wonder why we cycle and we end up wrecked over and over and over again stand to your feet this morning You say, Pastor, why do you preach loud? Why do you preach hard? Because there is a devil that is just as bold as that voodoo chief. And he meets you every day. The day you walk out this door, this afternoon before you get home, it'll be on your television. It'll be on your radio. That lie will be packaged before you. He's not ashamed. The devil will sit right in your church. He'll sit right in your home. And he'll keep selling you the lie. He'll tell you it's a lie. And you'll buy it again. And that makes me mad. But you have to choose. And access has been given you into this grace. But you have to come boldly. Bow your heads with me this morning. There might be one 
here this morning. And you're like that one man in the village. You know the gospel. You've heard it. But you're just not ready. You, you choose to live captive by the world. You, ch- you choose. People ask you. I had a man t- tell me in Costco the other day, a salesman, I'm talking to him. I asked him where the, he said, I know, I'm just in the middle. I'm not ready to choose. And I challenged him. I tried to push him. But he just made the choice. It was almost you persuaded me. And some of you have been that way. You've been in church. You've had the altar call. And the call has been given. Hey, come. Step in. Access is given to you into this amazing grace. Say, no, I think I'll trust my other anchor for a moment. I think I'll keep trusting that. And yet your life keeps slipping, slipping, slipping. You get closer to the shore. And just before you crash, you cry out. And you try to run back into grace. That's why Paul moved out of Romans chapter 5 into chapter 6. He says, what shall we say to these things? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God doesn't want you to continue in sin. He's asking you to pull your anchor up once and for all out of this world and set your anchor on the Word and the work of grace and anchor your life to a rock that will never fail you and enter into the access He has given you. So you're here today and that's you. I'm going to ask you, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking you to come boldly today before the throne of grace. If you need to pull up your anchor and anchor it in Christ, get out of where you are right now boldly. Be as bold as the devil is in your life. Be as bold to pull your anchor up and walk up here this morning and say, God, I'm uprooting my life out of this world. I'm uprooting my life out of the lie. I'm no longer going to drift towards a wreck. I'm going to anchor my life in a hope that will not fail. If that's you, move right now in Jesus' name. Move right now. Is that anybody this morning?